everyone and welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrianne Jackson and I'm your host. I am a third year student doctor attending osteopathic medical school. Here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, we'll cover tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. so excited to announce that First Line is now available on Apple Podcasts. And this is in addition to being available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. I just finished my second week of clinical rotations in my third year of medical school. The first week I was working in outpatient psychiatry at an autism clinic and a pediatric office. This past week I was in inpatient psychiatric unit. I got to see a lot of interesting cases, a lot of hurting people that are struggling with chronic mental health issues, many of whom suffer from suicidal ideations, and that was the reason for hospitalization. It has really just destigmatized inpatient psychiatric units for me because I had this idea going in that just like in the movies with people screaming and not being able to get much out of talking to patients and just people that are in there for long periods of time never getting better, but it really is nothing like that. But I do realize that mental health issues and mental health illness can affect anyone, no matter what your demographic or your upbringing, your background, your experiences, it can happen to anyone. It has really solidified my desire of becoming a doctor with the potential to help people and it has really recharged my passion for helping those who are vulnerable and don't even know that they need help until they really need help. Just over one week, seeing patients come in and then be discharged has been amazing to see how they have been able to benefit from being in the hospital. I have really, in the last week, been able to see people that truly needed help and how medicine, how their medications and how doing group therapy and talking to healthcare workers has really turned their life around and many of these people come in being suicidal. A lot of them have things like hallucinations or very bad depression and anxiety and a lot of them being young people as well and they're just able to leave on their discharge day completely stable on their medication and 
not have these thoughts and these symptoms that they came in with. It really has been incredible and I'm really glad that psychiatry was my first rotation so that I was really able to see and be encouraged by the influence that I can have eventually as a doctor and when I'm practicing on my own. And I got so much experience talking to patients and most importantly, listening to patients, trying to figure out what they need and working on a healthcare team with doctors and nurses and PAs and therapists and the discharge planner and healthcare admins. It has opened my eyes to so much and just an appreciation for all healthcare workers. I just encourage you that if anyone is suffering from mental health issues, no matter how minimal or insignificant you think it is, if you are having symptoms that something is wrong, please, please seek help. There are hotlines, there are doctors that can help you. Please do not keep it to yourself and think that it will just go away. Please talk to your primary care physician. If you need to go to the emergency room, please do that. Talk to someone, let someone know that you're hurting. I wish you to find the help you need. Hello everyone, this is a continuation of the series I started entitled Prevention Starts Now. And you may have remembered from part one that we talked a lot about some philosophy with living a long life and why prevention is important and then we talked a lot about heart disease coronary heart disease and hypertension this episode we are going to address some of the other major causes of death in the united states according to the cdc and in a lot of western countries and these include accidents and unintentional injuries chronic lower respiratory diseases stroke and cerebrovascular diseases, Alzheimer's disease, and diabetes. The second most common cause of death is cancer. Cancer is a tough subject for me right now and has so many different types. A lot of extra information I want to get into, like the mechanism of cancer and how cancer develops it can affect so many different body systems that it's going to need its own episode and I promise you we are going to talk about some risk factors. I want to make sure that when I do it I can put a lot of time and thought into it and do it well because I know a lot of my listeners either personally or have family members that have battled cancer. I don't want to give this subject just part of an episode and I'm not one to shy away from topics but this is one that I am putting away for some time. Injury and accidents is the third leading cause of death according to the CDC and it is the leading cause of death among people from the age of 1 to 44. This includes motor vehicle accidents. It's hard for me to speak on how to fix these issues because a lot of it, it just, it happens, 
But I do want to say that you can have a part to play here. I don't think I need to say this to any of my listeners because I know what kind of people you are, but I I can't have this discussion without saying it. Please never drive under the influence of anything. So that includes alcohol, of course, and that also includes marijuana, which is increasingly being legalized. Really, any drugs. Make sure you always, if you decide to engage with these substances, make sure you always have a buddy that won't let you drive. Also, under the influence of sleep deprivation is huge. Make sure you are not getting on the road without a good night's sleep. And I know firsthand that if I'm sleep deprived, no amount of caffeine will really help that. It might help with a short drive, but if I'm doing a long drive and I drink all the coffee I can, take five hour energy shots, if I'm sleep deprived, that at some point isn't going to help and therefore it is dangerous to be on the road. You will never regret pulling off to the side of the road, choosing to stay in a hotel instead of driving 15 hours in a row. Break up the trip. You don't want an accident to happen. Accidents can happen to anyone. You are not an exception. If you choose to drive a motorcycle, make sure you are following road rules. If you are driving a bicycle, make sure to be aware of your surroundings if you choose to ride on the road. There is unfortunately a lot of drivers out there that are not paying attention to bicyclists. Don't let it happen to you. And lastly, always make sure to wear a seatbelt. If you have children or are ever in a position of taking care of children, make sure they have an age-appropriate car seat and that they are wearing a seatbelt regardless of what the laws are in your state. I know it's pretty common not to wear seatbelts in the back seat, but I am telling you, it is never unsafe to wear a seatbelt and it takes about two seconds to buckle up. I promise you it is worth it. There are too many accidents that happen every day that are only made worse because someone isn't wearing a seatbelt and it can happen at any age no matter where you are sitting in the car. I refuse to drive anyone that is in my car that is not wearing a seatbelt. If you're going to have one thing to be a pest about and to nag people about, make this your thing because if anyone gets into an accident and you're not wearing a seatbelt, it is such an increase in risk of mortality if you're not wearing a seatbelt. Make sure your airbags in your car are working, functional, These little steps, I know, take time, but they are worth it. Safety is worth it. If you have a similar personality as me with always taking safety precautions and 
being on top of things like wearing a seatbelt and making sure you're well caffeinated before driving. I'm sorry that I wasted your time, but I felt that this episode really needed that since accidents are the third leading cause of death and the first leading cause of death of young people. Moving on to the number four leading cause of death. This is chronic lower respiratory disease. If you smoke, if you vape, the number one thing you can do for your health, and you should absolutely do this before you try anything with changing up your diet or exercising or anything else, the number one way you can add years, if not decades, to your life is to quit smoking. Don't worry, I'm not going to just sit here and talk to you about all the harms that smoking cigarettes can cause. I know that smokers are aware of the damage that cigarettes can cause and you don't need me to give you the lecture again, but I hope the rest of this conversation can be something new to you and can be encouraging for you. I'm not going to act like this is an easy thing to do. You need support, you need a plan, and you need to be motivated to do it. There's probably, if you're a smoker, there's probably so many family members that are pushing you to make the decision to quit as if, like, you can just roll over one day and be fine and not need to smoke anymore. I understand, and doctors understand, that it's not a flick of the switch, but doctors are willing to work with you and are happy to work with you. Your family wants to support you. You do have to make that first step in the right direction of knowing that it's the right thing to do and wanting to do it. That is really the first hump to get over. And then it's just a matter of prioritizing, right? Everything in your life is all about your priorities. So in this case, smoking is your priority because it's what you're used to. You have an addiction to it. It's also just a habit in itself and everyone has bad habits, but your brain is wired to want to smoke however much you smoke, whether it's half pack, full pack a day, you set yourself into this pattern that your your body is just used to it. Your body has already been adapting to it. That's how a lot of respiratory conditions are caused by smoking. It's your body trying to compensate for the substances in your cigarettes. It's going to be hard. It's supposed to be hard because your body's not used to it. It's just like losing weight. Your body is used to being a certain number of pounds and it is afraid to go into starvation mode your brain on nicotine is very similar that way your pleasure pathways in your brain are so locked in that you have to treat this like you are changing your brain and yes it sounds very hard it takes time but you can do it okay I want you to think about and visualize what it would look like if you weren't a smoker, if you didn't vape. And think about all the little things that you would have to do to get to that point. 
Replace your bad habits with good ones. A lot of the times, cigarettes and using vapes, it's something you do with your hands. Try to do something else with your hands. A lot of times you get used to the smell and the taste, so try to replace that with a different smell or a different taste. And if you have to reward yourself with a cupcake every time you don't get a cigarette, I think it might be worth it. Hopefully, you know, you can choose something a little bit healthier because you don't want to be stuck with that new habit, but it definitely is a lot less worse than smoking those cigarettes. Please involve your doctor in on this one. They are happy to help. They've probably done it with so many patients before, and you are different. You are your own person. You have your own stuff going on, but they know little tricks that have worked with some people before and they can personalize it to you as well. And I know smoking isn't responsible for every single chronic lower respiratory disease, but that is the most common one, especially one that is modifiable. Other ones have a lot of genetic basis to it or are infectious in nature. And what I will say about that is that if you do have any kind of sputum production that is new or a new fever, a new cough, anything like that, always see your primary care physician and they will get you the help you need. Number five cause of death is stroke. The mechanism of stroke is very similar to heart disease. It just involves the arteries in your brain. So I'm sure this is going to come back in later episodes but it's kind of the same idea here. You want to maintain a good blood pressure. You want to make sure there's not too much cholesterol or salt or fat in your diet. And you want to make sure that you have an active lifestyle. Next on our list is Alzheimer's disease. And I'm going to link this with the next one, which is diabetes. Because a lot of times Alzheimer's disease is described as diabetes of the brain. Because many times, Alzheimer's disease is caused by high blood sugar levels that lead to inflammation, and that inflammation damages your brain cells. And the atrophy, or the breakdown of those cells, is what causes Alzheimer's. And that is why Alzheimer's is often referred to as type 3 diabetes, because it is just another type of diabetes and like I said diabetes is caused by insulin resistance this really means every time you have a meal your body produces insulin and insulin's job is to move the sugar that gets into your blood after it's digested and moves it into cells insulin increases glucose uptake and metabolism in the cells which reduces blood sugar level insulin causes your fat cells to take in blood glucose which is then converted into triglycerides for storage. It is also key in the formation of glycogen in your liver and your muscles. Diabetes type 2 can be developed when you have these, these huge meals, these high carbohydrate meals, because when I say sugar, I really, I don't mean table sugar, I mean carbohydrates or anything else that can be converted into simple sugars. When you have a lot of large meals that are high in carbohydrates and it's too much for your body. So carbs are not evil. They 
our energy, but it's a problem, like a lot of things, when you have too much of it. So, when you have too much carbohydrates coming into your blood, more sugar in your blood means more insulin, right? Insulin is released, then it goes to your fat cells. This is part of how you get fat when you eat too much, right? The problem is, when you have these high levels of insulin, and insulin is telling your cells, let's take up this sugar, including fat cells, muscle cells, organs, your body starts only lessening when there's a lot of insulin because your body is just used to always having this base amount of insulin that it stops responding as well. So that's insulin resistance. You need more of those carbohydrates in order to get your cells to actually take it in. Your body's not taking up as much, so therefore the sugar stays in your blood. And this is how diabetes causes problems because there's too much sugar in your blood circulating and just like too much cholesterol in your blood it can cause damage it can cause inflammation and it can clog your arteries and cause heart disease it can also cause inflammation in your brain cause alzheimer's disease and this is why you might have heard of people needing amputations when they have late stage diabetes or when they need to be on dialysis it's because the high blood sugar can cause damage in lots of places especially small arteries like the ones in your foot and it can cause problems in the arteries of your kidney which causes kidney failure i can talk multiple episodes about diabetes because it is so common so many misconceptions but what I want to say now, first of all, is that everything I described with how diabetes is caused and the damage, I am referring to type 2 diabetes, and I don't mean to dismiss type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes we will discuss at length at another time, and that is not caused by insulin resistance. It's caused by a lack of insulin. But the takeaway here about type 2 diabetes is that it causes a lot of damage and it's caused by too much carbohydrates of any kind. And this is often combined with physical inactivity and genetic predisposition as well, among other factors. And the idea with simple and complex carbohydrates is that simple carbohydrates have more of that insulin spike after a meal, whereas complex carbohydrates are broken down over time. And this is also kind of the basis of intermittent fasting with putting your body through time periods of having very low insulin as a way to prevent this insulin resistance. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm on Instagram at First Line Podcast. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash firstlinepodcast. You can reach out for any questions, comments, suggestions, feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.